This is One Oak Church. We exist to share the hope of Jesus. No matter who you are or where you're at in life, you are welcome. Our mission is simple, to bring people that are far from God close to Him. Tune in as Pastor Robbie Emery shares how we change the world by loving God and loving others. As the curtain falls on summer and we turn our focus to the families, we want to talk about the family and how some, if not most, are a hot mess. Today we're going to take a deeper look at how families can experience the blessings of God. Next week, I'll talk a little bit more about some of the families that I grew up with. I'm going to show you two families that I grew up with, and uh, I was a TV kid. Any TV kids here? So growing up, I watched uh, this show a lot. Uh, Anyone watch Different Strokes? Come on. I was a Different Strokes. I loved Different Strokes. No, I I loved it, because I was like, can I get adopted, you know? (laughs) I want to live in that house, but, I, you know, Arnold and Willis and the entire Drummond family, that, I grew up on that. And then, I don't know what, what it was about that lifestyle. I was attracted to the lifestyle. Then I watched Silver Spoons. You know what Silver Spoons, you ever watch Silver Spoons? Come on, like Silver Spoons. So this Ricky Schroeder grew up on Alfonso Ribeiro. You didn't even know he was in that, did you, right? You're like, I thought he was only on Fresh Prince. And, um, but yeah, so I grew up on these shows. That was the, those these shows kind of raised me, I guess. And some other shows as I got a little older. But I love those. I, like Facts of Life. You ever watch Facts of Life? Come on. Mrs. Garrett, right? I'm, this is like all from memory. It's all coming back to me now. Family Ties. Alex P. Keaton, right? The Keatons. Man. Well, I was just talking. Those are all the shows I'm, I'm not making. I watched Gilligan's Island. That wasn't even like a family show, but I love Gilligan's Island too. I watched a lot of TV as a kid. Man, I, need, I should have read more books. And, um, but no matter what families influenced your childhood or that your childhood concept of family, we believe that you can have a biblical family in a messed up, broken world. The Bible is filled with families that aren't perfect. Read it. You'll see some messed up families. But it's the redemptive work of God that gives us all hope. I can remember as a kid watching the Jetsons. Anyone watch the Jetsons? The Jetsons were, this is, you guys are not going to believe this. This is true. The Jetsons were a family residing in Orbit City in the year 2026. We are nine years away from Jetsons, folks. George Jetson lives with his family in the Sky Pad Apartments. Some of the like, uh, younger people in the room are like, what are the Jetsons? Like, YouTube it. His wife, Jane, is the homemaker. Their teenier, teenage daughter, Judy, attends Orbit High School. And their early childhood son, Elroy, attends Little Dipper School. And the housekeeping is completed by a robot maid named Rosie, right? It's awesome. Um, some mosquitoes got us that, you know those little things that, that sweep your house? Some mosquitoes one, you're right, you know? What, what is it? Yeah, yeah, we named it Rosie. <laughs> My kid's like, why are we naming it Rosie? I'm like, I don't know. George, because <laughs> it cleans the house. Um, I started calling Danielle Rosie. She like hit me. So <laughs> George Jetson's work week is typical of his era, right? His work week is this. At an hour a day, 
Two days a week. Sign me up for 2026. He commutes to work in an aero car and that resembles a flying saucer with a transparent bubble top. You kind of remember now. It's like flashing back. But that's what they thought the family would look like when they created the show back in 1963. That's what family will look like. Notice what they thought the modern family of 2026 would be like. They only thought of the wonderful possibilities, not the harsh realities. Man, 1963, when they're writing this, they're like, man, to only work an hour. You know those graphic artists and designers, people, I want to work an hour a day. Let's put that in 2026. That's what they were thinking about. Now here we stand, only nine years away from the Jetsons and no flying cars yet. No two-hour work weeks. And we certainly don't have Rosie the robot doing the cleaning at home. But what we do have is family that are trying to live up to or down to an example dreamed up by a Hollywood filled, Hollywood filled with agendas. Or a Washington trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator and a public largely concerned with what makes me happy today. That's what we have. But Matthew 6, 33 is this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And that's it. That's your scripture for today. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, one thing I've learned over the years is that apparently... Apparently, one thing I've learned is that you can have children on accident. Now, I've never taken out the trash on accident. I've never painted my house on accident. But you can have a family on accident. Or you can add kids to your home on accident. A life of anxiety is never an issue of unmet need but always an issue of disordered priorities. Seek first the kingdom of God. Maybe a lot of the turmoil, maybe the messiness of our lives and in our families is because our priorities are out of whack. Anxiety sets in because there's disorder in my life and ultimately in my family. Most of our problems come from disorder. We put our wants, our plans, our desires first, and then no surprise, it all blows up. And, and Jesus doesn't want that any more than we do. And so we want to talk about your family God's way. It's not hard because we've all had them at one time or another, and maybe even at this very moment, but maybe you've been in this place, or maybe your scenario, my family is a mess, or my family is a miracle. My family is broken. My family's blessed. My, my family is separated. My family's spiritual. Uh, my family is too busy. My family is, reads the Bible. My family is crazy. My family has Christ. Wherever you are, whatever that fits, I want you to know that you can have a Christ-centered family. You can have a Christ-centered life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If we truly put God first, regardless of how we felt or whether we completely understood it, then he would take care of all these things. 
Sometimes we, God, if I can just get an understanding, then I'll put you first. God, if I can just have everything figured out, then I'm going to make you the center of my life. And so we're waiting for those moments, and God says, no, put me first, and watch all those things that you're waiting to align, align. Make me the center of your life, the center of your home, the center of your children, and watch things happen. Watch disorder turn to order. Watch the messiness of your life become a miracle. We all have a hot mess we live in. And if we truly think about it, maybe the mess that we're in is because we've not prioritized properly. Maybe the mess we're in is because we've not allowed Christ to be the center of our lives, ultimately our homes. Seek first his kingdom. This verse changed everything for our family. Our faith started moving from our head deep into our heart. Because we try to process things, we try to analyze things. We, we have to, it has to be two plus two when it comes to everything in life equals four. We try to process it, but God says, just seek me first. Put me number one. Make, make me the priority of your life. A long time ago, we set out this in our, in our marriage. It was as individuals in our marriage and our families that we say yes to God before he ever asked the question. Before he ever says, hey, I want you to go here, we've already said yes. Because to me, that's what the scripture says. It says simply seek God first. Yes, God. I'm saying yes to you. You're number one. You're priority in my life. Yes, God. From then on, Matthew 6, 33 became our compass for our lives and for our families. It seems so simple, so tangible. As a young family, there are a lot of things we couldn't do or didn't even know to do, but we could do that. We can do this. We can make church number one. We can make our relationship with God number one. We can prioritize. We couldn't do a lot of things. We couldn't meet certain expectations of lifestyles and cultures, but we could do this. We could be a part of a community. We could serve. We could make the Lord number one in our lives. When I first started thinking about my family in terms of God's way, three life-altering, game-changing realizations came to mind. And here's what I want to share. Speaking now as a pastor, I want to add these, and they'll apply to you and everyone here in this room, whether you have a family or you're single today. God has a way for our families, number one. God has a way for our lives as individuals. Most people think God's not at all interested in the details of our family, but he is. He's not in the cheap seats of heaven, eating popcorn, wondering how your life is going to turn out. No, he's interested. He wants to be a part of your everyday life, your everyday family experience. God wants to be fully involved in your family. He has a game plan. He has a path, a way. We get frustrated sometimes because his ways are not our ways. But God, it's, it's just right there. God says, no, I need you to go over there first and then make a left, make another left, and then you're going to get to where I need you to go. But I'm going to need you to go this way. But why, God? Why can't I just go that way? Because you're going to have an encounter with somebody this way. Uh, because there's, there's a blessing that you don't understand or see that's this way. So just seek me first and let me guide your paths. Let me guide your ways. God has a way 
for our families. Trust him. Know him. God wants to be present and active in your family. You'll experience his presence in a whole new level. Number two, we don't have to carry the weight of our families alone. Come on, somebody. So thankful for that. Because sometimes the weight of family is heavy. Sometimes the weight of life is heavy. Having a family in today's culture is challenging. We'll be, just, just honest, we'll have the TV on and we'll be watching news or we watching something and as the day progresses, things that pop up on the television become a little like, ah, oh, turn that off. They're like, you know, I don't want my kids to see. Not yet, you know. Become a little more proactive in thinking because the culture we live in, I can't allow television, I can't allow news, I can't allow social media to raise my children. I have to do that. And so that weight is heavy at times. I want to be a present father. Danielle wants to be a present mother, and that weight can be heavy at times. And God's saying, no, pull me in. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of raising your families and training them up and leading them up. I love it that here at our church, it's a family church, and a lot of our leaders, our team leaders, they come early, and they bring the whole family. Five-year-olds are pushing cases, setting things up. I love it. I love that experience for my kids. My son is setting things up, making things happen. Rob's children are here early. They're setting things up, making things happen. Now our kids eat more donuts than anybody else here, but who cares? We don't have to feed them lunch. But let God help lead your family. Pull them in. Let them carry the weight as well. When you put God first, you begin to live in response to him as he shapes your family. Rather than striving to manipulate and control every outcome under your own strength. I got I to gotta do this. And, no, no, here's what we do. I say this all the time. We want to raise our children and our families in a way that we're not isolating them, but we're insulating them. I'm, because if you constantly isolate them, they're eventually going to go into a great big world. But if you'll insulate them when they go into the great big world that God has been first and that everything they face in life and that they're going to have, they can handle it because they've been insulated, not isolated. That's good preaching. Somebody's like, I'm going to use that, tweet that, put it on Facebook. And number three, God's ways are better than yours. His ways are better. The Bible says that God's way is perfect, refreshing, trustworthy, right, and enlightening. My way usually isn't any of those things, right? My way, my plan is not usually any of those things. Our girls turned 11 this week. They're going to middle school. We wanted to give them a visual education, so we took them to D.C. for two days. We spent time in D.C. I've never, never driven in D.C. And so the ways I wanted to go and the plans and the paths I wanted to go and even what Siri was telling us on the phone, it, it was just, how many have ever traveled with their spouse or significant other and when you're driving and someone's offering directions, you know, it's, you talk a lot, right? There's a lot of heated conversation going on, a lot of missed turns and I'm like, let's just go home, you know? But sometimes that's our lives, that's our families, 
Because that's our ways. We're trying to figure things out. We're trying to plan it. We're trying to work it out. It's not enlightening. It's not uplifting. But we pull God in. God says, hey, just obey me. Outcome is my responsibility. I'll do that. Just trust me every step of the way. Seek first the kingdom of God. I want the band to come. When you feel like your family is a mess, God works all things out for your good. When you feel like your family isn't going great or is going great, God has greater things in store for you. When you feel like your family doesn't matter, God ascribes incredible value to you. When you feel like your family is falling apart, God is your strength and deliverer. When you feel like your family has no purpose, God's purpose for your family will prevail. When you feel like your family is too busy, God's peace guards your heart and mind. When you feel like your family is in despair, he is the giver of joy. And even if your family feels like it's over the top amazing, there's a place to direct your gratitude. God's way for your family is the best possible way you can live. I think most people instinctively live, believe this. I think it's in their DNA. But few know how to put that belief into action. It's really not as complicated as we sometimes make it appear to be. Several years ago, when the late Steve Jobs was doing an interview with Newsweek, Steve Jobs said the desire for simplicity played a key role in the development of the iPod and presumably all the i stuff that we love to use. We don't love the iPhone for its complexity. We love it for the way it makes us do the complex things, very simple. We love it because a two-year-old can navigate it. What if your family could be like that too? What if we have made things complex? What if we, humans, have messed it up? And it's really just simple. Oh, you're Pastor Robbie, the family dynamics. It's just not that simple. I hear it a lot. You just don't understand. Ours is different. The phrase is usually followed by a long account of real and complicated situations that people struggle with, and they're real situations. I understand. I really do. I understand. I understand the different dynamics in different families. But let me be clear. While many of the problems we face in life are complex, I don't believe the ultimate solution is complex. Our families really can be simple. In fact, I believe they're always meant to be that way. But unfortunately, few people understand how to, how to a straightforward family in the middle of this hectic, how to raise a straightforward family in the middle of this hectic and crazy world. I want to turn that around. See, when I discovered the practice of putting God first in everything in my life and my family, suddenly my family started coming together in a simple, orderly, joy-filled way. Do we still argue? Yes. Do we still have a different family dynamic? Oftentimes, yes, it happens. But this is a God-first family. It's a family God intends you to have. It removes barriers and aspects, takes down some walls. Matthew 6, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
So first, seek God. Seek his kingdom, a new family, a new life, setting the right priorities. I, as a father, am going to make the decision to follow Christ. You, as a mom, are going to make the decision to follow Christ. Then as a family, we're following Christ. Seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to go after God first. I'm going to tell my kids to go after God first. No, they're going to see dad go after God first. Seek first the kingdom of God. I want to be a part of God's family. I want to be be a part of his family. Your family is bigger than you. That which you're a part of is greater than the part you play. Tweet that. Your family is a lot bigger than the one you're married to or the two children that you may have. It's bigger than that. It's in this room. It's across the borders. Your family is big. Your family of God. The heavenly host, your family, the family of God, the kingdom of God. Then it says, number two, to seek his righteousness or the ways of God, the patterns and paths of God. First, seek to be a part of God's kingdom. If you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never said yes to Jesus in just a few moments, I'm going to give you that opportunity. And then as followers of Christ, as believers in him, there's a path for us. I'm going to go follow his ways. I'm going to do his wills. I'm going to do what he asks. I'm going to what we talked about in June, the word of God. I'm going to let it be the lamp under my path. Seek first his kingdom. I'm going to seek you first, God. And then I'm going to follow you. And then all these things, order, order, will be given to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. The Greek word Jesus used when he told us to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness first is a word called zeteo, which means to search for a final answer to our questions equal a final determination. Jesus is saying that we should come to the resolution about our families and him, that there's there's a sense in which we'll never fully arrive because it's a continual process and going deeper with God. So if you're looking for like, man, I'll do this and then... No, it's a continual process. It's not I went to church this week, but I'm going to go to church next week. It's not that I just read my Bible today, but I'm going to try to do it tomorrow. It's not that I prayed once, but I'm going to try to pray again. It's a continual process. It's a keep on believing. It's a continual. It's not that I just shared my faith once, but I'm going to share it again. It's a process. So I asked the question, what gets your best? Most people seem to equate happiness with certain unmeasurable outcomes or certain measurable outcomes. Using a formula of something like this, it's in your notes. Right career, plus plenty of money, plus right girl slash guy, plus right friends, minus pain and suffering, equals happiness. Right? That's what a lot of us are going after. But how often have you seen people who have earnestly followed this formula and yet have continued to struggle to achieve their elusive happiness? Let me close with this. In an interview with 60 Minutes, New England Patriots star quarterback Tom Brady expressed both surprise and disappointment that his unquestioned fame and success had failed to bring him with the satisfaction he craved. At that time during this interview, he says, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? Brady wondered aloud to CBS correspondent Steve Croft. I mean, maybe, maybe a lot of people say, hey man, this is what it is. I've reached my goal, my dream, my life. 
Me. Me, I, I think there's something different. I think what he's saying is, is there's got to be more than this. Uh, he's a, I've, I've achieved greatness, but there's something missing. There's something more. It's got to be more. Croft looked him in the eye and asked, what's the answer? Tom Brady said, I, I wish I knew. He did it shaking in head. I wish I knew. I love playing football and I love being the quarterback of this team, but at the same time, I think there are a lot of other parts about me I'm trying to find. Like Tom Brady, many of us spend most of our time and energy trying to plug the right variables into our happiness formula so we can guarantee a good life for ourselves. Well, I think such an approach has several problems. Here's one, that, here's one that does most of us damage. We forget that whatever force has first place in our lives will drive our decisions and shape our futures. No matter how much success, fame, and money we have, if our priorities are out of whack, none of those things will make us happy. Whatever force has first place in our families will drive our decisions and shape our futures. Tom, I know it's missing. I don't know your relationship, but if it, if it could be God, if it could be your relationship with Christ. Although that's, man, do you, do you have a relationship with God? If not, hey, man, I want to lead you to him. I want to lead everybody to Christ, just FYI. No matter. Everybody to Jesus. Everybody. So today, maybe that formula, maybe you've been like, man, if I get this, if I get this, if I get this, minus pain and suffering equals happiness. Maybe that's been you. But today you're ready to know, I'm going to seek him first. I'm going to go after success. I'm going to go after a good career. None of that's wrong. I'm going to go after those things. I want to have less pain and suffering. I'm, I want to be happy. But let me start here. God, I want to seek you first. I want to make you number one in my life and in my family. Our family's been a mess, God, and maybe this is why. Maybe we've not sought you the way we should. And God, I'm going to start as the father. I'm going to start as the mother. I'm going to start as the individual leading this family. God, we're going to seek you today. And after we seek you, God, we're going to seek your ways, God. We're going to do what you would have us to do and say what you would have us to say. God, ultimately be kind and loving people to truly make a difference. And then God will watch as you begin to put things in order, or God, by the leading of your spirit, we begin to readjust our lives. Because yes, there is more. I'm gonna seek you all the days. Every head bowed, every eye closed, all over this room, no one looking around.